Hi, I'm Rob. This is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by the man who certainly enjoys his, enjoys his pie, mm. Jason. Mm -mm -mm. Yes, big fan of pie. Big fan of Stifler's mum too. Who isn't, right? Anyway, mm. <laughs> welcome everyone to episode 38 of Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? I was a kid, and uh, yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, this episode of Rewind and Review will look at a film that celebrated its 20th anniversary in July this year, a film that roared into pop culture history and changed the way the world viewed members of Bandcamp. <laughs> so grab your apple pie, turn off your webcams, and join us as we travel back once again to the year 1999. We have to go back! Go back, Sam! What year is it? Are you telling me you built a time machine? It was 1999, the year of the teen movie, 10 Things I Hate About You, Cruel Intentions, Election, Varsity Blues, Jawbreaker, Never Been Kissed, Drive Me Crazy, Drop Dead Gorgeous, and She's All That. Some good, some fantastic. <laughs> uh, but there was one teen movie, a teen comedy even, that perhaps stood out uh, amongst the rest, especially if you were a teenage guy at the time. American Pie. Uh, written by Adam uh, Hertz. Um, and directed by Chris and Paul Wheats. Um, American Pie tells the story of five high school seniors. Jim, played by Jason Biggs. Kevin, uh, played by Thomas Ian Nichols. Finch, played by Eddie K. Thomas. Oz, played by Chris Klein. And Stifler, played by uh, Sean William Scott, as they approach the end of their high school year, pledging to lose their virginities before graduation. The guys, uh, with the exception of Stifler, who had already lost his virginity, <laughs> each pursued different uh, prospective partners, including Michelle, played by Alison Hannigan, Heather, Mina Savari, uh, Vicky, played by Tara Reid, and Nadia, Shannon Elizabeth, um, and are guarded by Jim's lovable and very <laughs> open dad, Noah, who steals the whole movie, played by Eugene Levy. Correct. Hilarity, awkwardness, and life lessons ensue as the guys make embarrassing mistakes on their journeys to manhood. Um, you start first. You're the older one, so you're probably more <laughs> age-appropriate when you watch this movie. I'm just guessing. <laughs> what was I? 99. Doing some quick maths there. <laughs> um, I was the perfect target market for this movie. Perfect. I think I was about... 14 or something. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> something like that. Something crazy. I was 13. You're 13. Wow. Yeah, I'm 33 now. Um, I, look, I didn't see this in movies. Wasn't allowed. Um, but I saw it as soon as it came out. shake your parents' hand. <laughs> and, yeah. Now, this... So, when um, number two came out, I was old enough. I was 15 then. And so, I was immediately, like, opening night, I was there. This movie... Oh my god! It was perfect for a thirteen-year-old. I guess I guess the the gap might have been thirteen to fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, anywhere older, and you probably start to not relate. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. 
I thought that was a perfect time. How would we know? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, it. that's right. But anyway, look, so I, I watched this as soon as it came out on video release. Watched it heaps of times. It was... The the thing about this movie um, that we're going to talk about is it was incredibly relatable for a teenage boy, especially for a teenage boy. And the chemistry between the leads just felt so at home with you know the kind of friends groups and the diversity that you get with those, you know, just the random bunches of buddies. Did they seem work. like That's your cool. friend group, like your type of... A little bit. You know, like high schools had... A little bit. I mean, they're over-the-top versions, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. It was very relatable. But like, you weren't in the band with the band geeks. You weren't the jocks. I was with everybody, mate. Oh, you're just in the band. Just a social butterfly, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, I yeah, look, I've, I watched this a bunch. I hadn't watched it for quite a while, and I did watch it in prep for this um, at 4.30 this morning. So that's my uh, my experience with this movie. Good effort. <laughs> yeah. You, tell me about your history. You were a young fella, so... I was. So I was like about nine, eight, nine when yeah. this came out. I don't remember... Super inappropriate. I don't remember the <laughs> release of this movie. I don't I don't really remember the, the release of the second one. Um, but for some reason, we had copies... I think we got copies from like um, Malaysia or something. You know, sort of like the barley copies, well, you know. Bootleg a little bit bootleggy. Yeah. Um, don't arrest us. Um... <laughs> But yeah, we had our hands on American Pie 1 and 2. Yeah. I don't remember which one I watched first. Like, I was hell young. But they were always sort of like these coveted little movies yeah. that we had in the house that were like illegal movies. Yeah. I mean, not in the sense that they were pirated, but I mean like illegal as in... Yeah. They were the naughty movies. They were like... I need to qualify. I didn't watch it at home for the first time. I watched it at a mate's place. Because, Ooh, because you had to be sneaky. You had, had to, to kind of like hide it from the parents. That's right. Parents were talking. They knew what it was about. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think my parents did, but, <laughs> you know, I couldn't exactly watch. You know, we only had a TV like in the lounge or whatever. My mum yeah. was like constantly in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, that's not a comment on <laughs> my views on women. Um, but anyway, like she's always there. So, I mean, whatever I was watching, you know, she would she be aware of. And, yeah. I, you know, you couldn't exactly watch American Pie 1 or 2 without sort of <laughs> being there. So it was like, if I was to watch it, it'd be like, you know, she would be out for the day or something. But it just felt like something so naughty. Um, it was. I, I remember it was. Like, think of how young I was. But I think maybe I was, I was probably... I must have been like in my early teens at least by the time we got to it. You know, some, it yeah. must have been sometime after the second one came out. But it was just this naughty thing. Like there were boobs. There was bad language. There were things that I didn't understand. Like when, of course. When Tara Reid is screaming, I'm coming. Yeah. Like I just thought... She knew that her dad was walking up the stairs and said that she was coming down for dinner. Like, okay. you know, there were things I didn't understand. And I was certainly old enough to understand that stuff. I mean, yeah. eventually I got there. And, and, yeah. and that made viewing on, like, you know, later uh, sessions, uh, yeah, I could re-experience it. But, you know, <laughs> it was just that naughty movie that you sort of just watched it, but you kind of watch it just yeah. for the crudeness and the... You I know. kind of feel sorry for you if you don't know if you watched the second or the first first. Because... I mean, I feel really... Like, the way that chronologically the series works. My first memory of anything American Pie is the two ladies in the house that they're painting in the second movie. Yeah, right. That might indicate that I watched the second one first or I watched that scene in passing or something. For some reason, that sticks out to me. And (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's shaped me as a person. I don't know. Um, But, you know, since what... You know, since then, you know, I've watched the movie many times i've come to love the movie and it's more than just a crude sexy teen comedy it is thing there's layers to it yeah, and it's absolutely. a movie that 
you know, there's American culture, like a, a 90s movie, all of those things, coming of age, mm. um, coming in beer cups. Uh, <laughs> there's There's a lot to it. Yeah. And yeah, let's dissect it and get into it. All right, Thought Legacy. So this film, it was made with a budget of $11 million, not very much, and it's a smash hit with um, a box office taking of $235.5 million. It's amazing. I mean, it's not it's not Marvel, money, <laughs> is it? But it's still, look at that, $11 million and then 235 That profit. Um, great profit margin. And then on top of that... The home video, which is us, <laughs> the audience that we were, <laughs> except for you bootlegged it, so you don't include it in this. Hey, I've bought um, it since. Jeez. <laughs> uh, added a further uh, $109.5 million. So it's over over $300 million it made. I'm going to jump in with my first little bit of trivia. Do it. So, like, the working title for this movie was, mm. like, a ridiculous one. It was something along the lines, I didn't write it down, I'm paraphrasing. It's, like, teen comedy movie that can be made... For like around like under ten million dollars or something like that or around there, <laughs> um, that studio executives will hate, but like audiences will love, love. or something yeah, like right. that. And that was the title. <laughs> and yeah, cheap movie. That's great. People loved it. It's true. It's Made true. lots of money. True story. Tell us about the uh, the critics, Jason. Uh, mixed reviews. What? <laughs> No, no, I get it. I get Mixed it. Mixed reviews. Um, at the moment, it sits at 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Average 5.7 out of 10. That's out of 126 reviews. Metacritic sees it at 58 out of 100. That's over 30 reviews. Um, but cinema score, A- on an A to F scale. Now, Roger Ebert, our mate. Yeah. Old mate, like Roger. We always like to see what he thought at the time. How you doing, Roger? Um, he says it's, it's not inspired. But it's cheerful and hardworking and yeah. sometimes funny. And sometimes here's the funny. important thing: it's not mean. Its characters are uh, sort of sweet and lovable. I mean, part of what he's saying, I agree with. Um, I agree with every word he says. I think he's missed a lot of the, you know, the underlying and the the deeper themes of the of the film. Okay. And the social. I can appreciate that. The social shifting that the movie sort of gave. Yeah. In, in, in culture. It's uh, yeah, it's <laughs> pop culture. It's effect on the zeitgeist. Zeitgeist is my favourite word. Um, one About that little statement, the fact that he points out, and it is the important thing, it is not mean. This movie is not mean. It covers a lot of really mean content, and it could be vile, but it doesn't. You still feel affection for every single one of those characters. Mm. Even Sherman you feel affection for. No. I do. Felt no. sorry for him. <laughs> so for him, I was like, "Oh, that poor dude." Were you Sherman? Do you have no? Oh, yeah. I mean, if we yeah, jump back to the what I was saying about the you know what social group. I feel like these are my kind of guys. You know, like you were Finch, weren't you? As nerdy as I can be, and you know, with all the nerdy things I love and talk about, like I still, I was still not like a weird band <laughs> camp kind of kid. And I definitely wasn't, you know, the jocks or, like, the super cool kids. Or it's sort of like the misfit kind of kids that just... They had their own little small mm. group of friends, but, like, you know, where do we fit? Who yeah. are we? Why don't girls talk to us? Uh, <laughs> I was a Kevin. You're a Kevin? Hey! It's kind of like an everyman without really fitting into too many different groups. I feel it's like kind I'm of more independent because you didn't really... I think, Click. unfortunately, I was a gym. <laughs> so I think, like, Kevin was still getting it done. Like, you had a 
girl Freddy was yeah pretty cool. Well, I've got nice some criticisms hair. about him, but we'll talk about him <laughs> when we do some characters. Um, awards. He's got nominated for a like a swag, something like thirteen or fourteen different awards, but they're all like the Teen Choice kind of style awards. Didn't get any nods from any of the big ones, um, but the praise for in the awards side of things. Um, was is more particularly with the performance by Jason Biggs and Chris Klein, Mina Savari, Alison Hannigan, and of course Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy won three awards, I think, for this movie. Just give him all the awards. Yeah, absolutely. The, the franchise, the American Pie franchise, is really interesting, just because of the way it kind of happened. Mm. So this movie was, you know, made a sort of like a one and done with the success. Yeah, there was no denying that they were. They were like, well, we've got to do a second one. We're going to do a follow-up. Let's keep this train mm. going. So American Pie 2 came out. Pretty much the majority of the cast came back, I'm fairly sure. Um, they did American Wedding or American Pie 3 in 2003. Yeah. Um, Chris Klein wasn't in the movie. They didn't, really, they didn't even acknowledge his character, his absence. They mention it later on in a future movie, but... Um, in reunion. In reunion, yes. Well, he's back for reunion anyway. He is, yeah. They got the whole cast back for reunion. So they get a few faces back for... By the way, I haven't seen reunion. What the hell are we yeah, doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen wedding, I haven't seen reunion. Someone else has kicked my ass for that as well. But American Wedding, it's like... It was sort of more of a movie about Stifler hooking up with chicks. Or trying to trying to wedding, taste wedding. Her. Yeah. yeah it's, it's basically a conflict between him and Finch, really. Pretty much because like they yeah. they're trying to get that one girl. Remember? That's it. Yeah, the the, the bridesmaid, the maid of honor, basic, basic stereotypes. Yeah. Anyway, it's um, a different movie. But different then movie. The franchise like trails off. They decide to do a whole bunch of spin-offs without the main cast. Eugene Levy. Kind of I think appears in I think he's in each of them. I'm pretty yeah. sure. But it's about like Stifler's little brother. brother, and then there's other ones where it's about like. Their cousin. And then, like, frat houses Yeah, and stuff. so there's Bandcamp in 2005, The Naked Mile in 06, uh, Beta House in 07, and The Book of Love in 2009. Yep. Which of those have you seen? I've seen Bandcamp. Yes. I've seen The Naked Mile, yes. and then I stopped. <laughs> Same. So I've seen, I've seen the first two. There... Didn't see Beta better, and I didn't see Book of Love. Do you know what The Book of Love's about? It's about it, the Bible. It's about the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Spoiler alert. If I can, if I may, um, it was actually written by Eugene Levy's character. The book was. Oh, what? That is a huge spoiler. Huge. What? Foundations shaking. I did not know that. So you see that it's Kevin's brother, like passing it on. Passing it on. But it was actually originally the original. So and that's what. That's actually amazing. Isn't that cool? Anyway, American Reunion. Sorry. Yes, that came out 2012. Um. They got as many people back as they can. Pretty much the whole cast came back once again. Uh, Even John Chu did. Yeah, man. Cho? Chu. John, John Cho, yeah. yeah. Milf guy number one. <laughs> um, Milf John. That's his name. But anyway, yeah, go on. Obviously, like, the plot is they have their high school reunion. They even address the fact that they missed 2009. They were like, oh, we're a bit late for our 10-year reunion. <laughs> Whatever. Like, and they're, they're doing it. Even, you know, Chris Klein is back. So, and yeah. he points out that it's like, I missed your wedding, but I'm not missing the reunion. Yeah, right. Blah, blah, blah. You should check it out. Oh, I'm definitely going to. And uh, the lovely wife who did not want to watch this with me also won't watch that either, probably. I would assume. Is she a prude? I just nah, she's not a prude. Just not a type of film? No prude. Just, uh, just hate Jason's big, Jason Biggs' head? Who doesn't? 
It's I'm pretty big. Yeah. It's only, pretty big. <laughs> Jason, I know you listen to this. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, all right, let's get into... Let's talk about this movie. Um, characters. The five, the big five. Yeah, how can we not start? How can we not start with them? Um, let's talk about Big Head himself. <laughs> Jason Biggs. Jim Levenstein. What do you reckon about his performance? I mean, he's he's set up as the main character in this movie, isn't he? Really? I think so. In a way. As much as it's Virtually, about the four guys... Well, he's the one with a parent in the movie. I have to say, he gets the American pie. Yes. He changes pastries, baked goods. Correct. For everyone. Oh, gosh. Third base. Um, anyway, Jim, yeah, he's, he's as, as far as you could really tell, he's a lead. But you do have to point out that you've got your five main characters. But the, the way that this film is kind of constructed, it, it jumps between them all really well and tells equal story between them all. Yeah. Well, what little things happening. Um, like, you know, it's... And even with the uh, female characters as well, they're not left to the sidelines. They've got their own little arcs and, they're not, and their own depths as well to them as well. And they're not belittled as well. As much as this movie could, like... You could say, like, tinkers in the realm of, you know, like, all being about the guys and, like, just wanting yeah. to get laid and it's like, you it's know, that's a bit shit to, for women. Yeah. You know, there's... Powerful chicks in this movie. Vicky, not Vicky, the other one. Jess. Jess. She's very much like. She's like. I know. Stick it to the man. Yeah, I know what's what. What I like with my body, and you know, yeah. like confident, taking in sex and being like, this is a thing, and it's it's in her hands, and it's it's controlled. And in nineteen ninety nine, I feel like that was a very contemporary forward thinking concept. I think now, if you look through, we're talking about characters right now, but if you if you look through a, today's lens at some of it you might see a little bit of problematic stuff but i feel like the overall progression for all the characters and the lessons that they learn it kind of negates that a little bit because the side that they come out on is mm. far more in line with i mean the, our, our views today the essential plot is and as much as you could say you know it's boys being boys or you know we were like that in high school you know what we Teenage boys only have sex on the brain, which for the most part, you know what? Yeah, we do. <laughs> no one can deny that. Like we, we do. Yeah. Um, You're talking about seventeen-year-old boys, eighteen. Exactly. Boys, yeah. Like it's just a period of time where, like, you're in high school, you're discovering things and learning about things and wanting to. Think, and there's this coveted thing that's like sex. What is it? It's such a big deal. It's something that, like, at a triumph. But on the other hand, it's like it's also not a big deal because no. it, it can't. It, goes like it just like that that's and that's right. what this movie explores but the premise of the movie like in a way you could look at it and say like yeah it's disgusting it's these four guys being like we need to get laid but that is the however world we can. 18 year old especially in america but i'd say it's definitely here as well in australia 18 year old or 17 year old high school last senior year of high school boys are pretty vile like, yeah, pretty, pretty disgusting. Much, this is a true reflection of that. And even if you're not vocalising it or expressing it, it's like, yeah, the thoughts are in your brain. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. But, but like you said, you know, as, as gross as the concept of the premise of what they're doing is and yeah. the things that they do throughout the movie, where they come out at the end, each of them, they, they all, in, on different levels, but like they completely shift their viewpoint of where they were yeah. at the start of the movie regarding sex, regarding women and regarding, you know, the whole concept of yeah. them connection connection with that, women, yeah, and what it all means. You, Whether it is yeah. that sex isn't a big deal, we shouldn't have made it such a you know such a prize yeah. or a trophy, or if it's, I think that's one of the true lessons that comes yeah. out of this is hang on, especially with or, 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 or that it, like, is like, it is actually something special that we should 
you know, take more seriously and not just make a prize. So it's like, it's a big deal. It also isn't, but it also is. It's sex. Yeah. Yeah. Health education. Health education. So we were talking, we were talking about Jim. Like, so just sticking, sticking with Jason Biggs. I think he's the perfect character for this. I've seen him in his other movies like Loser and um, Oranges and the Black and like those other things. He virtually plays the same character. <laughs> well, maybe not so, so much so, Oranges and New Black, but um, I, oh, no, I think so. He's still a little bit. I mean, they're no, different. No, like, they're different characters, bad. but I mean, he's still a bit of a loser. I think he might have been a bit typecast as like that awkward teen. Yeah, and. Yeah, he kind of yeah, just especially like with like loser and stuff like that, and especially loser, yeah. Um, but I, I I liked it, and like you said, he's the lead, as, as close to a lead as you can get with an ensemble cast like this. Um, and he portrays like a a level of the, we said the awkwardness, but it's a bit of vulnerability, and then at the end of it, resilience as well. He's just it's like water off a duck's back kind of thing. He goes through hell in the most awkward possible way. It's the point where he's just like. And it's just I don't like, care. I don't care. Anymore. I don't care. And I mean, perfect timing. If it wasn't the end of grade, like school, he would have had to deal dealt with the webcam stuff <laughs> for the whole year, not just a couple of days before prom. Oh, it still comes up. Yeah. In like every movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw it at a PTA. Me- it came up in a PTA meeting. <laughs> I think that was the wedding. I'm not sure which movie that was. <laughs> All right. Um, next character, Steve Stifler. I mean. He's a great character. I think he kind of was everybody's favorite, like as in growing, like as in mm. growing up, people really idolized him. Even though he is probably the worst, like the epitome of the worst kind of teenage boy there is. Yeah, I mean, he, he's painted very much as sort of like an antagonistic type. Yeah, within you know, like amongst. I know, I know throughout the series, he gets a bit more vulnerable and a bit more. Yeah. In fact, going into reunion, I know the arc that happens with all of that. But even yeah, like even by the time you get there, like they're still like Stifler is like a waste of space. Like yeah, <laughs> if yeah. if not for him, like none of this crazy stuff would ever happen. Yeah, true. But there's all good stuff with that. But I mean, he you know they use the character as you know a scapegoat for some bad things to happen. You know, like you yeah. get the jizz in the beer cup that he drinks, yeah. and even in the second movie, you know, he ends up. Bathing and pure, yeah, yeah, that's right. He basically he gets his comeuppance for being a dick. He gets, like he's punished. He gets for... it very constantly. It, he's like the butt of the jokes in a way. Yeah, and he cops it. So you don't feel super bad for him because he kind of deserved to be treated a little bit crap. But he also, it's not everything that happens to him is nothing. It's nothing super bad. Oh yeah, like not cutting off his like, like in the wedding, he eats, he eats shit. <laughs> He literally eats dog crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> oh, uh, that scene is hilarious. Anyway. But I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, they use, like, his character, you know. Oh, and Finch, Finch and his treat other characters end. like crap. Like, but yeah, yeah. Then, and then it's like everything he gets, it's, it's for a gag. It's funny. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm glad it was his character that had to go through that experience yeah. and not one of our guys, you know. Like, yeah. Oh, because it wouldn't feel the same. It's definitely the correct character. All right. Um, and yeah. Sean William Scott's performance. I just love, I love it. It's iconic. Mm. I think he may have been typecast a little bit after this as well, following this. With but definitely, his roles. definitely moving forward, like in the franchise, like they utilized, they grabbed onto his character and was like, we need Stifler to be like front yeah. and center. And yeah. Which, for, like I said, like with the wedding, not so much, you know, wasn't probably the best idea, but yeah. they put him more on the spot in the second movie on a better level and that worked better. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got heaps of characters to go through still. Kevin. Kevin Myers. He's the he's the character that, you know, like, it seems like he's got it together. He's, got, Thomas he's already Nichols. got the girlfriend. He's in probably the best position if, you know, to achieve this this pack that they've got, you know. I've got I've got a grilling against Kevin and I've got a grilling against Oz as well that we'll talk about we'll talk <laughs> about talk about Kevin. Um what's his name? Thomas. Thomas is it Thomas? Yeah. Thomas Ian um, Nicholas. His portrayal of Kevin I think is spot on like a perfect I, I really, really like it and it resonates a little bit. It was relatable. I feel like as a character he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um in the way that he's kind of non-committal to somebody who desperately wants that commitment. No, but I mean, at the same time, you know, like what you're talking about when he's struggling to say I love you Correct. to, yeah. to Vicky. But, you know, he does paint it as, I don't want to just throw no, it he out does. there. You're, you are right. He does. He, does, he says he doesn't want to like waste that opportunity or he wants it to be something special. But then when he's with his confiding with the mates, he's like, I don't even know. Like I don't know. I do know. But so he's he's kind of telling her. No, that's true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's fine. You're allowed to. You know, not everyone. Everything's black and white. It's completely relatable. Well, better than just spitting it out there and, and then but, yeah, know, not really meaning it. And then they're you know they the scene where they finally actually have sex, which it doesn't feel in any way romantic or intimate. It feels forced, and that's because the entire movie is building up to them. Being in a position where they have to have frequent well, I think, sex. I mean, if, if we're jumping forward to you know like the moments where they do you know have sex, it's they're everyone is sort of portrayed in in like a different way, like either super romantic or like that. In, in Kevin's case, it's save cheapest for the women talk about Michelle. <laughs> it's like the awkward, uncomfortable, even like the yeah, it can hurt. Like it's, it's yeah, and it's like they don't really know what they're doing. What's real? Yeah, that, that, that is, in that way, like I said, it's realistic. But as a character. He's relatable, yeah. but I also didn't like what he was doing. It's like, I think some of the relatable things, like, you know, something when he'll say something, and, you know, like the moment where he's like, enough of this blow, blow to bullshit, like, I just want to get laid, and then Vicky yeah. overhears him and it's just like, no, screw it. It's like, you're a dick. Yeah. And it's like, we've all been, you know, he's amongst his mates, he's just spitball yeah. and stuff, he's just saying things. And we're, yeah, it might be what truly is on his mind, but, you know, he, obviously it's not yeah. how he feels. You know, like, he obviously still cares about Vicky but just in oh. he's a boy and he's dumb he's and just that's a dumb it. bloke alright like we said these characters are all different it's a diverse group and that's something that's relatable you know just just through general experience mm-hmm. like you know these are the kind of random personalities that somehow fit together in these kind of groups that's good because you get the different dynamics on their journeys to try and achieve yeah. the, the getting laid and the different yeah that's right like um, you get you get Paul Paul Finch Paul Finch I mean, <laughs> he's, he's weird. A, he's a weird one, but not as weird as you can get with uh, with high school kids. Did you um, Did you know anybody liked Paul Finch when you were? Um, I knew somebody. No, not to that extent. I've I've known oh, I've known people, but not no. in my sort of circles in okay. my year. But I've known people we, like that. We Just had, like we had somebody who was a bit weird like that. Like very much like I'm going to be more mature than I probably am. I'm going to dress nicer, and yeah. I'm going to be into things that are more. Sophisticated, yeah, yeah, and yeah. sort of yeah. a bit showy in that way. They do exist, like, yeah. they're real, and I guess that's his tactic trying to go into it. And he's you know, spread it gets um, just to spread those rumors, yeah. and that's working until until the shit incident, until to the laxative moment, oh, which is just gold, absolute <laughs> gold. He 
is known for having a mochaccino, like that's his that's his drink, yeah. and so Stifler, and he can't he can't take can't, a dump at school. He does, yeah, do he's it. a germaphobe, so he doesn't like to go to the public toilets. So he usually goes home. And this is something that I did not get until I watched it this morning because I must have misheard him. But St- when Stifler says shit break, he means you would take a break off from school. To go have a shit. You are your shit break. That's your name. Oh wow! Now I I always used to think it was like um, shit shit wreck or something. Like it was just a, a term. I of like, knew it was. I knew it was shit break. I just never thought. So I only break put that together as in as he needs to take a break, as in like leave to school go, to leave school together to, to take a shit. Yeah. So anyway, Stifler wow. after being <laughs> uh, was a basically. What Finch has all these lies and rumors spreading. Yeah, and one of them's against Stifler. <laughs> well, that that they had a fight, or he beat the shit out of him, and so he goes, "Okay, I'm going to put." And he puts laxative in his mochaccinos. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Finch has to go to a public toilet, and the one that Stifler, the door that Stifler opens up for, it is the the girls' one, and so he lets his entire bowels go in the female bathroom well, he- while the girls that he is. Possibly going to date yeah. on the outside of the door. Well, here's the question. You know what we're saying? Like when things happen to Stifler, we're like, ha ha ha, it's funny because Stifler's like a douchebag and yeah. we enjoy seeing him in peril. When it happens to Finch, do you feel bad? Oh, a little bit, but then I'm also like. When it's during yeah. the, you know, the montage a bit later where he's sort of sitting on the bench by himself, it's like, I feel bad then, but. Yeah. I think it's hard to feel bad now when you know what, what's going to happen yeah. and what he. What he ends up doing. What he ends up doing. A nice game of pool. Um. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Oz Striker or Oz, Kevin Klein's character. Okay, now I've got criticisms about yeah. this guy. Criticisms. Chris Klein cannot act. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris, but it's true. You were not even phoning this one in. It was just. To be fair, the character technically is acting for the most part. Yeah, no, and that's, <laughs> as I was watching it, as I was like, "Yep, yeah, he's faking it." But then when he's in his genuine moments with um, Heather, yeah. Because as in when he's turned that leaf, yeah. Even then, you're like, oh, yeah. still pretty I annoying. really like like so out of everybody, right? So Chris's like, Oz's arc, where he's not necessarily considerate of women, and then he changes and he realizes that actually sometimes it's a really good idea to sacrifice something for somebody that you care about. That's actually something that resonated with me into adulthood. Like that's a lesson that I mm-hmm. learned from this movie. And that's why you got to give this movie a bit of credit because it actually. It transcends it, the teen it, movie. It, well, it does. It's above <laughs> and beyond that. But it's you. There's there's lessons on display if you know if you know through young viewers of what bad behaviour is, what the repercussions for that is, and then you know also no, this is the kind of example that maybe you should be thinking of. Mm. Like you should be taking your relationship seriously. You should be thinking about what sacrifices you need as a partner. You know, and if the worst happens. If you get used, you should take that, take it on chest and celebrate that fact. You know, in that and be like, maybe not that sure. literal. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's lessons there. There's, it's under, oh, underlying things. And so Oz's lessons, I actually took as a kid. I took that away as an adult. Watching him again this morning, he could not act. <laughs> it was terrible. It's, it's it, pretty bad. You know, it was watered. Everyone else was great. Hey but, Heather, like um, the sensitive <laughs> guy, the sensitive type. Yeah. What's you were actually a better actor. What's, exactly. <laughs> What's interesting, you know, if you look at the teen, the teen movie, the, the formula, especially the ones that were coming out around this time, yeah. you know, like the premise would be 
you know, if Oswald's the main character of that movie, you know, like, you know, whether it's a bet or a pact or some yeah. sort of scheme, and say if Oz is the main character, right? Like, going yeah. through with it and some girl's been, like, dangled throughout the whole thing. He ends up falling in love with her. He wants to tell the truth. But then the, the scheme blows up in his face and everyone finds out and then she hates him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, and has to try and convince her that, like, oh, I meant to do the right thing, but I didn't. But now I'm trying to do the right thing. Correct. Oz steps yeah. in before that ever happens. He tells Heather about the... I know. So he's breaking the formula before the formula's even really established. Yeah. So you, got, you guys, I've got something to tell you. You're not going to like this, but I feel like I need to. And that, that's what I mean. If this There's was an a example weaker, where you're like, hang on. If this was a weaker a way movie, to conduct yourself. And if it was just, you know, one story, yeah. Oz would have been called out. Someone would have been like, oh, he did this thing. He agreed, made a pact with his friends yeah. to get you laid, blah, blah, blah. He's been fading this whole time. But now he tells her and he's like, you know. And that's what I think is interesting because he's like, nah, he's already worked out that it's like, nah, I'm wrong. Don't you? That's why he left the the game yeah. to go sing with her and you know do that whole thing. Yeah. It's nice and it's sweet and it's like and it shows sacrifice. Sometimes you sacrifice. That's it. And it's those types of messages that you know after watching you know a pie being raped and like <laughs> you know like cheers in a cup being drank. I've got to stop saying that. Cheers <laughs> in a cup. Cheers in a cup. Uh, I've lost yeah. my train of thought. Um, <laughs> but you had, all these things happen, but then you get these characters that have evolved. Yeah. And then you go, you know what? There's a better way to be. And this yeah. is what I've learned. Yeah. And and even like, what, you know, later on when they're the one final catch up before the movie ends and they're all talking about, you know, where do we all stand? Like, how, how did everybody go, essentially? And yeah. all, all Oz says is that, I think we've fallen in love. Yeah. And then Kevin, who but knows like, what that feels like, says, you know, he goes, that's fantastic, mate. But they're all talking about, like, yeah. basically asking the question, like, who had sex? Who yeah. got it done? I reckon, like, didn't, didn't, they did, but... Oz doesn't, but he doesn't say it. But he doesn't say it. Because he's like, we spent the it doesn't matter. Thing. It's yeah. not important. What they shared together, if they did, which I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. I'm, it's implied. Yeah, and that's like, ah, they're more mature than I ever could be. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely wasn't that mature at 18. But, all right, we've covered the guys... Let's quickly get through the rest of these characters before we have a bit of a break. The girls. The main girls. Uh, well, my favourite out of all of them. Actually, no, it's not. She's a bit later on. But second favourite. Um, Michelle... What, how do you pronounce that? Flaherty? Flaherty? Sure. Michelle. Hey, she Michelle. becomes Michelle played, Levenstein at some played, point, yeah, so that's easier. Played by Alison Hannigan, who is our favourite willow. Our favourite witch. Do you, what, do you watch Buffy? Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. from Buffy um, and all her phases. Um, but to me, you know, like to me, she's um, she's Lily from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I oh, really, I love yeah. How I Met Your Mother. Can't um, watch enough of it, you but it's weird. It in sequence, it's so. hard to watch her in that and then be like, "Wow, you were Michelle in, yeah. <laughs> in American Pie." Oh yeah, well, even even Blade her and Buffy don't bloody marry oh, up either. But um, I think she steals the scene every time she's in the scene. The iconicness of Band camp and oh, absolutely, and the you know, there's one time at band camp, but yeah. I kind of remember how many times she says it in the movie, and it be, just became well, I think it's I played think. as a joke like how many times she can say it within <laughs> this one time, and then this other time, and this one time, but she's so sweet and innocent, and then and then boom, there's that moment. This yeah. one time at band camp, I had stuck a flute 
And there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and your and your reaction that Jason, I just feel it was a reaction, like it was a reaction to a real thing. Like I'm sure it was scripted because it's just too clever. It's just too perfect. Yeah. But his reaction is just so good. I'm drinking a beer and then what the <laughs> f? Because the previous thing was I'm, I'm played spin the bottle. Yeah. And like, I had oh, to kiss the on the lips and. Uh, and it's like, boom, see you later. I didn't want to do it. But it was really funny. Um, so, oh gosh, it's great. And yeah, she's obviously she evolves into a much larger character in the uh, in the yeah. sequels. Oh, the relationship that her and Jim have like, in the second movie. Especially is, in the second it's movie. It's really... It's nice, man. Like, yeah. it's an, oh, yeah. I don't want to watch the second one. I actually did after <laughs> once I finished watching did this you? one. I was like, oh, maybe I can call it sick today. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so Michelle's great. Um, Alison Hannigan. But again, uh, like we we're talking about, you know, like these these boys being douchebags and you know, all the horrible things they're doing until they learn their lessons. Yeah. But it's like here we have a female character who you would think, oh, you know, all these chicks are getting done under the rug, getting yeah. screwed over. But here Everyone's she is, lying to it, and then she's the one who's playing. She takes advantage of Jim because she knows that he's in a vulnerable situation where yeah. no one, he's untouchable, but yeah. he's a sure thing. She's a, and he's yes, a sure she thing. She uses him because he's like women empowerment. Correct. <laughs> and I, 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 I loved it. I thought it was She great. takes charge, and man, to wake up next to an inflatable dinosaur, that's yeah. the dream, isn't it? <laughs> After being used. But also, not only that, they're, when they're, they're having sex in the conclusion of the movie, you see a change in her character where she's in full control and she's like, say my name, bitch. And Apparently. Like slapping him and, and Improvised like, line as well. Oh, wow. So, um, he's, 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 like, he's like, oh my God, oh my God, Michelle. <laughs> and it's just pure, oh, it's hilarity. Um, the it's other, flaherity. Flaherity. Um, we've also got Vicky Latham, who Vicky's played by Tara Reid. Tara Reid. I, I guess like her, it's, it's good because all these characters are like different points of view of... Yeah. Like the teenage kid, yeah. whether whatever gender, and so she's the. I'm not too sure of, you know, like like sex and where if I'm ready to take the next step, yeah. and where are we going to go with it? What's happening after high school? Yeah. What do I do? You know, she's gone through all that. Yeah. She's also looking at it realistically as well. Like she she wants to hear, you know, hear Kevin say I love you, and and but mm. she doesn't know if. She wants to have sex or whatever, but she's also going, you know, in a few months' time, we're moving away. We're going to be separated. She's looking at it very rationally. But then she's also appreciating like, the fact I, that it's like, later really, on, I'm probably just going to do it anyway with someone. Correct. And so maybe... She goes, well, I really like Kevin, so Kevin's someone should this be the time? Because it actually means something, whereas no, I know it won't later. And she consoles, obviously, in Jessica, and, yeah. you know, she has those wise, sage... Um, <laughs> mentoring yeah where it's just like yeah like it is it is a big deal if you make it a big deal yeah and she has every right to treat it as a big deal you know like losing yeah. your virginity but at the same time it's like you know it's sort of balancing those things like how big of a deal do you make it it's in your control yeah. if you make it a big deal or not yeah. and then I think she still ends up saying like it is a big deal yeah but it's in her control. And that's yeah. what's good about it. Again, yeah. the power. Absolutely. It is. You know what? Women have all the power, don't they? It seems that way. Yeah. That <laughs> when way. it comes to sex, they do. It seems that and way. And that's the end of it. <laughs> that's all my thoughts. <laughs> Once again, Sex Education with Jason and Rob. Um, all right. Next character on our list, we've got... <laughs> New podcast. Heather, Heather Gardner. Yeah. It's played by Mina, Mina Savari. Mina Savari. Who... So I totally cute. forgot all about until I watched so this cute. movie again. I was like, she's gorgeous. <laughs> she's so cute, man. Um, she was in American Beauty? No. I mean, yeah. yeah. 
Out of all her roles, yeah, she was in American Pie, but American Beauty is her movie, man. Is it? She was also in Loser with Jason Biggs. Was she? Yeah. All right. Okay. But American Beauty. There you go. That's her movie. She's the one with the flowers. She hasn't been around, really. Did you know these guys are all in their 40s? Uh, yeah, but I'm trying to think about it because that's just sad, isn't it's it? It's still gorgeous. But anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, Heather, Heather's played by Amina Savari. I think she's great. She's She comes off initially as a very sensitive, quiet girl who doesn't have, you know, I guess, much confidence, I guess. Mm. But then it turns out that she, she, as she develops her relationship with Oz, she says, no, I'm just like you. I go out with my mates and I relax. I think it's weird because... I'm just not out there. They... They give us this character, like, and without us actually knowing her at all, I think we already have preconceptions of who she is. We assume that she's prudish, yeah, and you know she wouldn't be interested in anything. But then it's like you watch it, and it's like nothing actually in the movie tells us that that's how she is. Yeah, we just assume because she's yeah. in, you know, the the choir and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But I mean, she very well could be prudish, but then and then is just willing to open up to Oz and you yeah. know explore well, those things well, with just, him. But I just feel like. Her and her relationship with Oz, I think there's just it. She's she's a bit timid at first, but then you know builds the confidence and decides that you know warily takes a bit of a chance. And then after learning what his motivations are or what kind of friend groups he hangs <laughs> with, she pulls back a bit. But then also gives him the shot when he needs it. She lets him. She's she's sway he, yeah, yeah. her back. That's right. Um, yeah. And she's in control of that. And, you know, it's admirable as well. And then, like we said, their conclusion, like Oz and um, Heather, is we don't know if they end up by having sex, but the more important thing is they've decided it's not a priority. They've decided that the connection is more of a priority. Mm. I mean, I still think they did it. I'm sure they did. But it was very romantic yeah. with the Sway song. Yeah. That's why I said Sway. Just point. Anyway. Um, sway my way. Yeah, that's right. One of my favourite songs, that. Yeah. It's- out of all the, out of all like the punky like rock yeah. songs in it, like and you get that, you get sway, and it's like <laughs> yeah, good song. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk last lady, lead lady, not really lead, but she probably fit in the supporting cast. But um, <laughs> Nadia, played by uh, Shannon, 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 Elizabeth, Shannon, Shannon, Elizabeth, Shannon, Elizabeth. That's right. Um, she was fine. Yeah, Ooh, massive face accent. She was <laughs> fine. She yeah, because she's a, she's American, isn't she? Uh, like well, she lives in South Africa. Oh, for real? I think she's Canadian American. Yeah, sure. But um, she, I mean, she was gorgeous. She was the eye candy in this. Um, you know, I mean, let's talk about that scene. The oh, webcam scene. That, that that's. She's a foreign. She's a foreign exchange <laughs> student. She comes over to um to Jim's house to study, and at the same time, while he leaves her to it, he also puts on a bloody webcam, which is problematic. Oh, problematic. <laughs> but he puts a webcam on and he thinks that he's only shared, shared the link with his mates just to watch her get changed. Yeah. Duck, dick move. And then he runs away. And as she's getting changed, she discovers porn magazines, decides to start masturbating. And then his friends convince him, you need to go in there and have your way with that girl who's obviously horny. Seducer. <laughs> All stupid logic, crazy times. Blink-182 feature, they're playing the music and they're in the scene as well because it turns out that he shared the link to the webcam With everyone, yeah. to the whole world. It's just what happens to just what, happens. what happens to Jim. And then beyond that, he begins, you know, they I guess they begin having their relations and he, what's, what's the diplomatic way of saying it? He completes 
Complete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he blows his load twice. Twice. Oh, yeah. And then forevermore is known as two times or twice there's so much to take from that scene to unpack it's just Um, the easiest thing first of all the blink one it do cameo they have a monkey which i love it um there's also four of them there there's not four um, in the band the drummer travis baker barker Barker, sorry is credited incorrectly miscredited as the old drummer yep which is oh what's his bloody name that was uh, yeah i'm slipping so you (laughs) somebody Oh, he's in the credits whatever he gets more yeah. shout out than we're giving him <laughs> correct um, yeah. so that's cool because obviously their music features quite a lot in the movie yeah um, Nadia's boobs oh my god oh, have you like, teenage girls are not this developed surely no I no, mean no, no. I mean, and well they're all in their 20s when they're bloody filming it no I mean that's true yeah none of these people are high school Scott Rayner by the way um, Scott Rayner is the sure. drummer yeah um, the let's talk the idea of what Jim's doing. I mean, yeah, it's it's disgusting. It's a dick move. It's bad, bad boy. What are you doing? Super dick move, <laughs> especially today. The I could honestly say, from being honest, hand over heart, when I was thirteen watching it, I did not see an issue with it. Times have changed, man. But it, it, I it, would hope that thirteen-year-olds now would be aware that that's a bad, <laughs> bad, bad idea. There's always these. I mean, like, yeah, the, the scene like that, which you would think, if a movie was made today, that wouldn't be there. But, I mean, it's not... The movie isn't painting the picture of, hey, guys, this is what you should do. It's it's painting a picture of, hey, these guys are idiots and that's what they're doing. Correct. And, again, like, we learn their lesson. Not that Jim really learns anything about web. I mean, he screws up and everyone sees it. and But he still broadcasts this shit. Oh, like, on the internet, naked. Yeah. And she gets deported because she, of yeah. the literally, literally, the result is her sponsor sees a video and they kick her out of the country. They just brush over that like I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just sweet. It's as if it's every day. Like it's crazy. The only thing I can sort of kind of try and defend uh, Jim on it is like they only thought she was just getting changed, so they thought, ah, oh, look, yeah, that makes it okay. We'd sneak a peek at her undies and her bras. It still grows, but it's like and then it just it board. evolves from there into. Like yeah, proper almost porn. But I mean, you get you get Jason Biggs doing his strip dance. <laughs> That's like pulling out the chair. <laughs> it's like it's iconic that it is. It's like I guess it's the it's, most awkward thing ever. And then you got Blink One Two watching it, going, "What's going?" Yeah, like and it's memorable. And you know, like this movie is very nineties. They're utilizing the the intense new technology of yeah. the age. The internet, the webcam, yeah. those resolutions. What was the point? You saw nothing anyway. <laughs> yeah. Now, this scene is mirrored in number two, but it's with walkie-talkies. Oh, it's a similar yeah. thing. Where, there. Yeah, anyway. And it's Stifler's brother, I think, that does it. But, <laughs> no, isn't it like, there's like the trucky and it's like... Oh, they're all, yeah, they're all doing it. It's yeah. like, touch his ass, son. You might like it. <laughs> it's the... Um, I was going to say, yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> that scene, actually. I've got to watch that movie again. Oh, gosh. But yeah, it mirrors this where you have multiple cuts between different places and people reacting to what's happening in that moment. <laughs> the guy with the the barbecue, like, and it's like, like yeah, lunch is right. Like, yeah, I'll just <laughs> give me <it> five minutes. <laughs> um, right. But Nadia, uh, thank you for your contributions. Thanks, Shannon Elizabeth. Um, excellent. Let's move on to a couple more characters. We've well, we're just we're just waffling and waffling today, aren't we? Apple pie, not waffles. Um, apple pie, not waffles. We all love it. Um, Jim's dad, I mean, he's the only one we really need to talk about now, isn't he? You know, no Levenstein. Levenstein. 
played by Eugene Levy, he just he steals every single scene that he's in. It just it's amazing. I I saw like some sort of like interviewee behind the scenes stuff in my research. Apparently, a character was originally like written as more, well, at least the way it was sort of coming out on on the page was like a little bit creepy. Like he was trying to get involved in Jim's sort of uh. sex life, and then Eugene Levy was like. I need to change all this. If you don't let me pretty much ad-lib everything, I'm walking. Because yeah, like, he's like, this character is not good. He's yeah. like, nah. And the result we got was this... Maybe super awkward dad. Super awkward, very supportive, caring, yet trying a bit too hard, and yeah. just like, overshare. Or, but I mean, did you ever have the talk nah. from your parents? Nah. Nah, because we nah. had the internet, right? And Google taught us everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I learned everything about sex ed from this movie. Um, no, that's not true. <laughs> well, I signed up to Bandcamp and uh, the yeah. Rest, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't have. That. So I never, sure never experienced that. There would be know. no way that a parent, like a dad talking to his son, would ever be, you know, good. <laughs> like, it can only be as awkward as this, right? Well, I just feel like it's authentic in that way, even though it's it is overdone. But but um, yeah, yeah. But then there's a touching moment where he says. He doesn't clearly say it, but it's it's he's about Jim's about to head out to prom, and he says something about um, make sure you put on your put your corsage on yeah correctly safely as in, correctly like. yeah as in don't forget to put a condom on yeah but it's advice and it's genuine <laughs> advice it's like do not forget and you think you can tell Jim's like freezing because he knows about something awkward's coming and then it's a kind of a nice comment. About just be safe. I think because that scene and does it's end like, yeah. where he's like, "Thanks, Dad," and yeah. you know, they have a bit of, and a then they have hug. the longest hug in the world. Oh, it's a bit too much patting. Pat, 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 pat. pat but the pat, scenes, pat, pat. the scenes with the two of them, I mean, are just incredible. All the awkwardness. Yeah. I mean, the the pie scene is the standout. You know, like yeah. Jim, the reaction <laughs> is incredible. He's I mean, like, he's like, we'll just tell your mum we ate it all. Like, <laughs> what a line. Uh, it's, 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 so it's so sad because that was that was not a McDonald's pie. That was homemade. That was his mum made that man like for the Sweet. for her boys, you know. Yeah. Like she made, and then he. You know, one of my favorite things that Jim's dad does. It's during the opening scene where it truly sets the awkwardness. Where, oh yeah, where Jim's watching the worst possible porn you could have because I, it's terrible reception. Again, doesn't this speak of the times, times where, yeah, like yeah. you know, watching terrible porn where internet wasn't the first that's right avenue for porn, <laughs> and you can't make out what the picture is. You can kind of make it out, but it's all fuzzy and white, noisy looking. It's not like slap me on something, big yeah. boy, and it's which like, is actually the director. <laughs> it's actually the, the director, and yeah, and the line, yeah, the director says something. It's like. Slap me hard or something like that, and then and Jim's dad reacts and goes, "Excuse me," <laughs> or something like that, or "I'm sorry." Um, it, and it's just brilliant. That's the way it is. A that sets the scene for the whole movie where you, you know, you immediately know something. This is a sex comedy, and it's awkward. And from here on in, hold on to your butts, kind of thing. The saucy music in the opening there, where it's like, yeah, it's like it plays later as well. But um, this is so naughty. <laughs> interesting little bit of trivia if we're talking about that scene quickly. For Jim's erection in the sock, <gasps> yes, they used a what did they use? It was a skewer and a sausage. They had to. They were struggling to find something to act as the erection, so yeah. they actually went out. They cooked a sausage. Correct. Um, and apparently it was still warm yeah. or quite hot when, when Jim had it in <laughs> Jim, his pants. Jim's got it in his pants and he's got a sock on top of it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. 
All right. A um, couple other supporting characters. We've got to keep on moving. Uh, we had Stifler's mum. She was great. <laughs> she was hilarious. You're, you're introduced to her by a photo while the boys coined oh, the term MILF. And this movie... And I they mean, make out with that photo. John Cho does. Well, I mean, we... <laughs> I reckon this is worthy. We should have put this in the legacy part of this episode where it's like... MILF. What has this movie given us? And it's mainstreamed the term MILF. Correct. It mainstreamed that time at Bandcamp. Mm. And it mainstreamed MILF. Which stands for... Go on, you say it. Mum, I like to... Hey, the podcast is cut out. Um, <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Everyone got that? Good, sweet, excellent. <laughs> uh, but, you know, yeah. And we get Milf Guy 1, Milf Guy 2, one of them being John Cho, one of them being... Some other dude. Some other dude. <laughs> um, I've got his name here. Let's give him due, due credit. Uh, he's Milf Guy Justin, and his name's Justin Isfield. Feld. <laughs> so you've got Milf Guy John and Milf Guy Justin. And... I like how they didn't change their name. They just... Are they actually called Milf Guy John and Justin? Yeah. Oh, wicked. That's what the credit is. That's not. Um, but you got, like, they're just, and especially Justin, he sounds like the biggest, like, just stoner. Like, oh, bro, what are you doing, <laughs> oh, man? No, oh, don't, don't do it. Don't you know, what are you doing, bro? But John Cho is also, well, Milf Guy John, he is also in the choir. He is, yeah. Do you believe in magic? Like, he's there, man. Like, I never realised. I was like, oh, I only noticed that this morning. I was like, too. John Cho, he's right there. He's singing. Um, who else we got supporting cast? We got Chuck Sherman, uh, who's played by the not very good looking <laughs> Chris Owen. Um, looks like he's got braces, but he doesn't have braces mm. in that in this movie. He's out of all the douchey characters in this movie. He is the worst. He I sets up. Him. He sets everything up. If he didn't come um, claim that he had sex and lost his virginity at that party none of this would have happened that's it yeah oh it may have happened but have the <laughs> pact happening on that morning after the party would not have happened but in, in, and he lied in a way he set them all on a journey of, of discovery discovery and lessons Growth. learned and life yeah. and yeah so he, he appears later um in other movies as well i think they all do and then you've got last but not least um you've got jessica who is um uh is vicky's mate and she is just the word of wisdom. She's amazing. She's played by... She's probably one of my favourite characters in the movie. Played by um, Natasha Lyon. Lyon. Everyone knows her from uh, Orange is the New Black. Yeah, and then Jason new... Biggs, I guess, as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, also newly, it was Russian Doll, I think. Mm. She produced that. And she's a lead actress. I heard that's pretty good. I have not checked that out yet. Though. It's just like Groundhog Day, except with like a fiery redhead person dying yeah and she just keeps coming back yeah all right look we've covered 50 minutes or something crazy of character i think it's time to have a break what do you reckon let's let's take it you want some pie (laughs) (laughs) hi i'm luke and i'm jason and we are the guys from that film stew do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and tv news then that film stew is the podcast for you join us every two weeks for some good times laughs and firm opinions on the things we love that's right there's a new podcast released every two weeks on itunes and soundcloud follow us on facebook twitter and instagram as that film stew podcast that film stew podcast listen comment follow share Mm, pie oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right we ate it all (laughs) we ate it all um tell your mother that we we ate it all (laughs) all right let's keep going we let's talk about music soundtrack stuff did you like it did you recognize (laughs) yeah apart from sway i I know i know this movie was you know like before you know i didn't watch it until 
a little bit older than when it came out. But I think the music was still so relevant really? and yeah. to the time. And it's sort of like... It's sort of the music that I kind of grew up listening to, even though the songs were old by the time I was like really getting into them. But the same bands and the type of music and it's the, you know, when I was in high school, it's like they're the types of songs that I listened to and stuff and I thought I was hell cool and hot shit because I was listening to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my... <laughs> my Blink 182, which um, I actually spoke to Luke <laughs> the other day about Blink 182, and my Blink 182 is not original Blink 182. It's because <laughs> I re- I referred to their like the, some of the songs that I loved and stuff as like you know classic Blink 182. But which one? Like where? How? Like the self-titled album? Yeah. Or? Well, he's talking about like you know back when they were before they were mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. Like which is. Origin- that's before this though yeah, yeah even this that. is Enema of the State that's it yeah. yeah so this is their first hurrah into that's mainstream. where everyone loved it and, but I refer to it as you know you know retro <laughs> compared to now which is not <laughs> before it just didn't it doesn't it sound, it's great if you're a, a fan it's heavier it's cool yeah it's heavier it's, I still it's like more, the older it's more stuff, raw so but it's like it's not polished it's when they I don't know, like we shouldn't have kept talking about this, but they changed <laughs> producers with Enema of the State and like the album Enema of the State. Um, hey, they went Mark mainstream and they blew up. Take Off Pants and Jacket and then I think the self-titled album, I think were all uh, produced by, what's his name, Jerry Finn or Flynn or something. Ooh. The guy, he's passed away, but he had his particular tone and it was amazing. <laughs> and that's what everybody knows him for, but they don't know him for the grungy stuff earlier. But heaps of stuff, heaps of music. Anyway, we went to type, this style... The Mutt song. Yeah. Or Mutt. Is it, is it, is it Mutt or is it Mutt? Is it Mutt? Oh. Yeah. No one, I've never heard it pronounced by somebody other than an Australian. So, I don't oh. know. Don't, I'm going to say Maybe Mutt. it would be Mutt because that's... No, but I'm just going to say... Oh, well, it could be either. I don't but know. I say Mutt anyway. But anyway <laughs> um, and they also feature as a cameo. So, you hear during the... It's a song so during the um the webcam scene and it's you only hear the song play when Jim's running down the street, like first running to his mates to watch mm. her get changed, and then like, oh my god, running to his house to be involved. But great, great little inclusion. Um these other songs I can't remember exactly where they are, but you also got Third Eye Blind. This is on the soundtrack. Oh by the way, soundtrack was reached fifty on the top on the Billboard two hundred, so it did well. Um Third Eye Blind play their song New Girl um, this is some of the songs that are on there Sugar Ray had their song Glory and Tonic had You Wanted More all really cool songs all very reflective of the time um, but then if you have a look on Wiki as I did when I was researching this, <laughs> good job <laughs> the amount of songs that are actually in the film but are not on the soundtrack is like it's just crazy there's some and there's some that you don't even realize they're like they're playing lightly in the background you yeah know, in the diner scene and stuff like that and it's like oh yeah. there's a song there hang on yeah. what's like, that song there's a scene um so bare naked ladies one week that plays at the start i hate um, that song so much third, third eye blind <laughs> semi-charm do you i do it's been one week that yeah i used to love it and then i actually i think how i met your mother again oh, i'm bringing that up twice um they used that song uh one week as like a Ted and uh, Katie Holmes's character who was in it for a little bit. Yeah. Like, it was, like, their song. And, yeah, like, right. the whole gag was, like, it was a really shit song. And they kept playing it. <laughs> and even they were, like, I hate this song so much. And I'm, like, yeah, it's actually such a bad song. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. I like it. It's on my Spotify. <laughs> anyway, Third Eye Blind had the semi, semi-charm semi life. Everyone knows that song. Three, door down, Three Doors Down played Be Like That. Hole by Celebrity Skin. That's a really good song. That's on the um, Captain Marvel 
soundtrack. So, oh, very 90s. It plays during the credits. Um, Pat Marvel credits. Um, and then you've got Simon and Garfunkel with their song Mrs. Robinson. Which it's is... not actually Simon and Garfunkel, though. It's, the, it's a cover, though, isn't it? No, it's the original. Is it? It, it is. Yeah, that's the Simon original. Garfunkel. Oh, that's plain. Lemonheads do the cover, and it's a little bit more rocky. This one is the original. Oh, they are playing the original. I feel. I don't know. I could be wrong on that, but I really? thought it was. Anyway, um, it's, it's during the scene where <laughs> um, Finch is seducing yep. Stifler's mum. Which so obviously is super appropriate. And in fact, they use the, the dialogue mirrors um, the the graduate. Oh, so the, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. The whole thing is a callback to that. And yeah. sort of like, here we go. It's very cool. It's wonderful. Yep. Um, and then Simple Minds. Um, Don't you forget about me. So there's a couple of really cool songs that feature in the film. But not on the, but actual, not on the actual soundtrack. Yeah. Probably because the royalties were so it's better killed to, them. You know, it's better to go to, the, go to Spotify for someone's self-made... Playlist. Yeah, the, the dream. You, the you dream get soundtrack. all the song. They're great. Yeah, they're fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, like I think they, they it speaks to the characters, the the time. Yeah. And I'm going to get real deep and nerdy here, but you know, like if you look at where you know, I mentioned how this had like an impact on like American culture and yeah. we were sort of capturing that time. Think of you know, like years like before that. You know, you had like the boom of like sexuality explosion and stuff like that you yeah. know like in the in the 60s 70s 80s you know like it just yeah. went it went big but it was still you know it was still like a thing it's like yeah we can explore it we can talk about it but it's yeah. not like mainstream pop culture mm. in that sort of right there in front of you yeah then you had a man um bill clinton i believe his name was you know a man who in power leading the country and then it all comes out that it's like, you know, he's had this affair, the affair, this sexual sort of element to him, mm. and it, it just sort of changed, I guess, the the minds that the, the people were were living, and it yeah. was no longer, you know, like it was like, well, what is sex now? And then it raised all these questions, and it's like yeah. this person who we're supposed to look up to and you know be like, he's he's our leader, blah blah blah. It changed, I guess, like where do we sit now? Like, what yeah. is it? Their understanding. So then you bring in these songs, this music that has these lyrics and, you know, like this sort of rebellious nature, you know, you get like that, that punk sort of... Yeah. Rock, and it's all about, you know, against the authority, the establishment. Yeah, it's angsty. The angsty, yeah. yeah. It's like... Yeah. And it's all sort of... It's irrational music. It's, yeah, a little bit... It's the American culture at that time. Yeah, it's a good catch. Sorry to get held deep, but... Do you, uh, do you know what? That's all it is. It's, it's funny because... There's another movie that was released the same year that has a killer soundtrack, and we've already reviewed it. Ten Things I Hate About You. Ten Things I Hate About You. I feel like that captured that movie perfectly as well, with the right mm. tone and the right. It's like grungy vibe yeah. with it, but also female empowerment in that one. That's not necessarily evident here. Um, this is more about the boys, right? <laughs> the boys. I really want to mention uh, the Bible. Okay, which you already you already blew our minds with telling us that. Oh, we have um, kind of talked about that, haven't we? Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Eugene Levy wrote it. Wrote it, yeah. But character. you need to watch all the uh, the standalone movies, oh, like the, the spin-offs. Yeah. But it's um, it's revealed to Kevin. There's, there's this Bible of sex, sex book, sex that basically book. has all these lessons learned from these different generations gone by. And at the end of a high school year, it needs to be deposited back into the library. It's this mystical item. It's this like, mystical it's item. This... And it looks... It's thick... And it's just crazy. It's all got full of handwriting. And then 
what is it? The tongue tornado is one of mm. the, yeah, yeah. We don't need to go into that. But so in that mindset, as a you know seventeen, eighteen year old kid, this is the perfect thing that people would idolise. You know, it would turn into myth mythology. Mm. A concept like that. I've never heard of anything like that existing in our world. I mean, shit, I mean, like, they probably the would legitimacy be, I mean, of it existing in this world. It's just so real, and it's so. And you know how he's reading it. Wouldn't it wouldn't like, be hard to believe. Music it's like, and, yeah, and that's Casey Affleck who plays his brother, who's talking to him on the phone. And very says, minor role, but yeah. you know, like he delivers a very mythical. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like a mythical. Cheat strategy guide, you know, like here's yeah. here's all the secrets to unlock. Yeah, and your hidden to, powers and skills. It has to be said as well. So, Kay, um, Kevin's brother, Casey Affleck, has he has custody of this book, apparently. But I mean, Kevin doesn't know that. Kevin goes to his brother and seeks advice on his relationship, and he says, "Look, I want to move to the next step, but I want it to actually be enjoyable." For yeah, Vicky. He, like yeah, he's, he's he looking for some right reason, yeah, and then his brother actually says, "You've passed the test." That's what I want to hear. That's yeah, what I want to hear. About... Because it's not necessarily a one one way swinging door. It's a mutual, you know, enjoyment. And that's what and that's what that that particular lesson is teaching young fellows is that yeah, hang on, it's not all about you. There's, there's other things the, going on. The movie very much the movie's crude, swings both but ways. it's. It's got it's full of full of lessons in there. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely it like goes goes to different sides. Even though the premise is about boys getting it done, getting laid, losing their virginity, having sex, the ultimate uh, achievement. Yeah, for it's, it, it points out that it's like chicks want to have sex too. Mm. Like we all do, and they need to enjoy it just like everybody else. Yeah, um, life lesson, kids, life lesson. All right, <laughs> looks like we've covered. I've recapped the movie. I think we've done it. I think we've done it. It's time to quiz you. Every episode, we have a little quiz. Um, we take turns in asking each other questions, depending on the episode. Ten questions in 60 seconds. That checks out. That sounds about right. Um, now, I'm asking Jason ten questions today. The timer is ready for you. In three, two, one. Where does, where does Oz work? What type of place? It's like a diner. Yeah, what type? Like a, di- like a hot dog place. I don't know, like a close, but not quite. Like ice cream. No. Waffles. Skip it. What sport does Oz play? Uh, Lacrosse. Correct. And football. Yeah. Um, What game did Michelle play with her bandmates? Spin the bottle. Correct. Uh, How much did um, Finch pay for Jessica? $200. Correct. Uh, What did she buy with it? Um, Either Earrings and a flask. Correct. Nice one. What type of fast food are they eating at the end? Hot dogs. Yes, they are. Which country is Nadia from? Uh, Czechoslovakia. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's the phrase they say while toasting? Let's say it twice. Oh, to the to the next stage. Yeah, or oh, close enough. Um, what do Finch and Stifler's mum drink together? Uh, oh, damn. 18-year-old <laughs> scotch. Yes, and what does Finch always drink? Uh, Mochaccino. Correct. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there you go. That's the timer. And... Whoops. 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 <laughs> <laughs> wow, we really need a new Whoops. producer on this show. What is happening? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> this might be the first time oh no you missed the first question you got nine you got nine out of ten yes I did question one where does Oz work it's in a sub like restaurant it's like a sandwich diner is it like it's a sub it's, it's called um sub par or something oh. but he makes a sub for her oh. so I thought you might get that one oh, it's a diner man and, it's his, a and diner. His, dad, his dad owns it his dad owns it and so, I do yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got everything else oh, the one thing I thought stunning. you were going to get stuck on was 
what type of fast food they're eating at the end. Yeah, man, hot dogs all the way. Yeah, that's why I said hot dogs in the diner. Yeah, right. Right. Um, and I wasn't sure if you were paying attention to what pledge they toast to. What was it exactly? Because I said like it's to the next, to the next step. Ah, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was like to the next. I was gonna say level. I was like, that's definitely <laughs> wrong. Um, I was expecting you to ask me like, what school did they go to? Nah, it's like East, I couldn't remember any. East of that. Falls. I wrote exactly. those. I wrote those questions as I was. I just finished watching it. And I was just remembering things. So um, don't ruin the magic. Anyway, uh, so look, that was our <laughs> ten questions, sixty seconds. Well done, Jason. Nine out of ten. Never been done before. Hooray! Let's get into our rating. Whew. <laughs> out of wow, his heart is beating. Um, out of five VHS tapes, I'm going to go first. We've waffled for forever. Um, Pie not waffle. One of the things I really enjoy about this movie, other than the lessons learnt and what it taught me as a young fella, a teenager growing up, and kind of really the, the correct and appropriate behaviour as a young person, was what, like the chemistry between the group of five, was like that was what you aim for with your, with your mates. That's what you aim, the connection that they have. And it's subtle, it's not overplayed, they're just mates. And they're all very different, but they all have a general respect. The only people that don't respect each other is Stifler and Finn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that moment where... Um, probably all of probably them. Only mates probably Stifler and all of them, really. Yeah. <laughs> they, go, they go, we're only mates with Stifler for the party. And yeah. then Fitch goes, what, we're mates with Stifler? But the rest of... like They all connect really well, and there's some genuine chemistry there. Even Chris Klein, who can't act to save his life, feels like he's got chemistry. Mm. I love it. it. It was... This, and particularly the next movie as well, was actually who like that's what i wanted my post high school career to be was you know like going going to a mate's place painting a house, painting a house you know it's <laughs> a, I, I think that was the first time i ever heard um i mean we're deviating but the, um that brian adams song the summer of 69 oh sure where it says i got you know got my job worked real hard all that stuff it's like it's kind of all tied in but anyway <laughs> um out of five it's not a perfect movie some of the things like webcam stuff, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend putting that in a movie anymore. But um, so that doesn't really hold up. It's got to be a four minimum. Got to be a four. It's just too funny. It's just too funny. Well, that's the thing. Like you get, you get it all. You get the crude, naughty jokes. Haha. So like the immature ones can come yeah. in, watch the movie, enjoy it, take that from it. You also get these get heartfelt. Stiflers, so they enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> you get these heartfelt moments with the character. You get these. You get development. You get story arc, all paid off. Um, characters in different situations, going through different things. Um, you know, so funny, amazing music. Um, and then there's just this level of addressing this stuff that, like, you know, this movie as much as it it, it disguises itself as just this crude teen comedy. It really is like something else. It's a coming of age story of the time, and it you know it it deserves cult status. Like it's yeah. up there. It's disguised as a just a normal raunchy teen comedy watched on a Friday night. But you know what? It's it has all the qualities and elements of a cult status movie. Um, Likable characters, um, lovable journey, and then a franchise to follow. You know, and there's questionable things throughout the franchise, but this yeah. movie. I'm giving it a five. Oh, Holy crap. Carpeted like sex itself. <laughs> well, <sighs> that, that's amazing. And that, ladies and gentlemen, that was our rewind to 1999 American Pie. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we'll remind you that any feedback or either positive or negative or any rewind request can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstudiopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to us on either That Film Studio or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages. Go have a look, like, and follow these pages while you're there. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and iTunes as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, you can find our entire catalogue of episodes on the That Film Studio website. Check it out, thatfilmstreetpodcast.com. And coming soon from That Film Street, a review on Joker. Jeez, that's exciting. Oh, my God. Uh, sounds like comics have a recent episode looking at the Adams Family, and our next episode here on Rewind and Review will be Zombieland. Yes, it will. 2009, so 10 years ago, and we've got a sequel coming, coming up soon. It's amazing. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Rewind and Review. We'll see you on our next trip. We will fight for every man out there who isn't getting laid and should be. This is our day. This is our time. And by God, we will not stand by and watch history condemn us into celibacy. Amen. I like that. Yes. We will make a stand. We will succeed. About time! We will get laid! Yes! Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. I'm just so glad we got through that whole episode without... Asking each other how we lost our virginity. So that's. <laughs> well, I was kind of hoping that that would never ever come up. So.